mission to explore the far reaches of cinema. Three daring adventurers dive deep into the Criterion and beyond. These are the tales of their adventures. This is Cinenauts! Hey, this is Ian. I'm Boom. This is Catcher. And welcome to Cinenauts Exploring the Criterion. This week, we're concluding our exploration of Michael Bay's Armageddon uh, with the 2018 classic peak superhero genre movie (laughs) that is Venom, as picked by Boom. Um, But before we get to that, I know we all watched Dune this week, but before we got to talk about Dune, are there any other highlights to discuss before we get into... uh, into the into the woods into the desert <laughs> into, into the, the desert, desert. um yeah actually i watched a film called u-turn starring mm-hmm. sean penn and jennifer lopez <laughs> directed by oliver stone came out in 1997 <laughs> had no idea this existed <laughs> I, the, I, the and, name is remind like Jennifer yeah. Lopez, 91, so that's even pre No, sorry, 97. Oh, 97, okay. Yeah, but Catcher as my witness, I am the biggest Jennifer Lopez fan biggest. on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. fact that this movie slipped through the cracks is was a shock to me. So mm. I put it on, and mm. it was awesome and, and absolutely <laughs> batshit crazy. Uh, Sean Penn is similar to our pal. What was his name? And uh, killing of a killing of a Chinese killing of a Chinese bookie. bookie. Uh, yeah, he's on uh, the run because he there's some bookies after him. He ends up in this small town uh, where he meets Jennifer Lopez, who's married to uh, Nick Nolte, I think. Mm-hmm. My God, okay. that's a, um, that's an unfortunate <laughs> pairing of men for that woman's life. Uh huh. It is. <laughs> And basically, he, like, falls in love with Jennifer Lopez. Then Nick Nolte is like, yo, can you kill my wife? And he's like, oh, my God. But then he needs money. So he just gets entangled in all this small-town bullshit. And, Hmm. uh, yeah, it was wild. It was absolutely wild. It was very oddly stylized in the Mm -hmm. most 90s way I, I could possibly think of. And I looked back at like Oliver Stone's filmography to like see what of his I've seen. And I think I've seen like Savages and maybe a few other ones, but it mm-hmm. seemed like kind of like random to his style. Um, but yeah, it was super weird, but I had a lot of fun with it. JLo looked amazing, better than ever. I When does she not look amazing? Exactly. Though? And I maintain that she is a great actress and she does like show off her chops in this film. It's kind Mm. of funny because she did Selena and then like this and out of sight and then immediately just went into like her rom-com early 2000s. in on those rom-coms. Yeah, like (laughs) she was just like, get money. But you know what? We we love to see it. So good for her. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it was just that. I haven't seen out of sight since it like came out. Yeah, that mm. movie is stuck with me. I remember just loving it, and I need to. I think it's. I think it's time for to go back 
because I don't know why, but that movie just like yeah. really stuck out to me. And then like years later, realizing like who was even associated with it, it's like I gotta watch <laughs> this again and see. Boom! We should make a night. Yeah, both show. Catcher, what's your highlight this week, or is it just Dune? Well, well Dune and Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, talk about that. So I was uh, taking a nice brisk walk through the city with Emma and the pup. And I noticed that the TIFF light box was like on, like an open. And I was like, oh, interesting. And I, I was like, oh, let's go see what's what's playing. Maybe I'll go and see a movie. Turns out Lawrence of Arabia is going to be screening 70 millimeter print. And it says, you know, it's listing all this stuff that's wrong. Lawrence of Arabia with Denis Villeneuve. I was like, what? So ever heard of that guy? <laughs> so I'm like reading through. I'm like, maybe I've read this wrong. I'm looking through. I'm like. Oh my God, no, it's not. He's here. He's going to be at the showing. I was like, oh, I immediately went to find out if they had tickets. There was a whole bunch of tickets still available. So mm-hmm. I bought a couple tickets uh, for me and Emma, and we went to go and watch it Wednesday night. So we had quite an action-packed, like, Lawrence of Arabia, for anyone who doesn't know, is like three hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty light, light viewing this yeah, week. Yeah, we got to the theater. The showing, the thing started at 730 there was a slight introduction, including mm. Denise spoke for like three minutes, three or four minutes. And then we didn't leave until midnight. So it was like 730 to midnight. It was really intense. All mm. that to say, I got to watch a movie with Denny Villeneuve in the audience and it was yes. so yeah, cool. cool. Like Fun. this guy, even pre-Dune, has just like filled my heart with joy. He's a Canadian boy that likes to make science fiction movies. And he's Mm -hmm. just an incredible director on his own, but that we get to claim him and he is so proud to be a Canadian. And it Mm -hmm. it just makes me so happy. And that he's made some of my favorite all time movies ever is just, just that much sweeter. So to just sit down and hang out, even though I was nowhere near him was just like a pleasure. Um, But I'd never seen Lawrence of Arabia. So this is the first time. And the fact that I got to see it, on the big screen, I think is really beneficial in its purest form. Yeah. Just because it is one incredibly long trying to pull that off at home is for me would be like nine possible. Like there's the yeah. distractions are too big. Um, but then to have that, um, having the chance to watch that movie in con- and then in conversation with Dune the following night and how much they sort of speak to one another, it was just like, could not have made the viewing experience of Dune like any better. Like it was incredible, but the film is so good. If anyone, if you can stand to sit through it and watch it and as big a screen you can, obviously um, it was just not what I was expecting it to be. It was so much more interesting Mm -hmm. than I was expecting it to be so much more epic than I was expecting it to be. Um, Yeah. It was so great. The acting, everything so good. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Amazing, amazing movie. I wish, I feel like I've had a couple chances to see it on like a big screen, but I just have never done it. Um, I, I need to do that. Yeah, I think so. Uh, for me, I actually just finished watching it. Uh, I watched Old. Oh, I just, the, I just saw that. Movie. I just saw that on Letterboxd. Oh, yes. To be clear, I am a M. Night apologist. I think he's oh, great. Man. Okay. He, he's not perfect. He's obviously a flawed director. Um, but I think a part of the reason people got sick of him, he was too good too quick and his movies came out too quickly. So like he burned himself by people like waiting for the M night thing. So yeah. I think the, di- 
And like he had obviously trash movies, like you know, The Happening Happened and, and Last Airbender, but I think his last couple movies, like The Visit, um, Split, Glass, I all thought were incredible. Uh, and then Old is his most recent one. It's it's fine. It's good. I mean, I've I saw I I, <laughs> I was thinking like reading reviews, like if you don't like M Night Shyamalan movies, just like don't go watch M Night Shyamalan movies because yeah, so you're not hard, gonna get though. anything different. I know, but you're not going to get anything different. So, like, I, as someone who, like, appreciates his, like, shenanigans, I, like, enjoyed it quite a bit. It was fun. Shenanigans is a great word. Yeah. I feel like he's always up to shenanigans, like, in this this later half of his movies. Like, he's always just like, ah, screw it, what you think. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, he just, that's, I think that's why I like him a lot. It's because he very clearly makes the movies he wants to make. Like, he really, like, doesn't care. And I think it's cool. So I, I appreciate that. Even if movies like aren't the best, I still have like nice. tons of fun watching them. Um, but this one in particular was pretty silly. Uh, <laughs> still a still a great time. Is the actress from Phantom Thread in this? Yes, Vicky Crouch. Right, she is right. Is okay. One of the main characters. Yeah, correct. Boom! It sounds like you have some M Night thoughts though. Before we get to Dune, well, I'm not, I'm not a very like big M Night Shyamalan fan. I That's fine. like a few of his movies <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and I almost have like um like a thing with him because I just can never not go see his movies, even though I know I'm not gonna like them. <laughs> and it's been that way since I was a teenager. Um I don't know if it's just like the marketing or like the trailers always are so enticing and then you get there and you're just like oh tricked again but (laughs) (laughs) was there was there a movie that he made that you like that got you hooked initially and then have gone back since and just hated everyone after that back in the day my friend and i like we were obsessed with science which is so random Mm. i remember like going to see it for the first time and in theaters and all that and like all the times we watched it thereafter um and then just kind of following that i also really like the sixth sense Mm -hmm. but just following that like the village i wasn't a big fan of even though i know a lot of people really like it and i think it kind of started there but then just subsequently seeing every single one of his films like do you remember like devil the one that takes place on an elevator yeah, where they reveal that? everything in the yeah. trailer also. Oh, yeah. no. And I actually, I like Split as well. So I'm Split not like great. not a fan. I just sometimes, when I'm not a fan, I'm like mad. You're, you're I'm, not a you fan. Know? Like when I don't right. like it, I'm like pissed that I had spent two <laughs> hours or whatever. But when I do like it, it's good, you know? Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I respect that. I will never argue with anyone that they should be an M. Night fan. um i get it (laughs) um all right so those are our highlights so let's get into it a little movie called dune came out this week Uh, indeed and i think all of our friends podcasts are all talking about it in various ways 70 millimeters talking about it dune pod is obviously talking or that two years they've been talking about that came out already so that's out now wouldn't surprise me if will run for uh also happens to talk about it (laughs) Maybe they ran to uh, the soundtrack of Dune or something. Um, so 
let's chat. I think it's okay making this a little extended than usual, but let, let's chat. What were people's overall thoughts? I guess I'll go first, although I'm kind of dying to know what Catra's thoughts were because we, him and I went to see it together, and then I was like, um, it got out at 1.30, and I was like immediately sleepy cranky and was like, gotta go. Uh, <laughs> so we didn't really get to talk about it. <laughs> um, That's true. But I had a great time watching it in theaters, honestly. Uh, as I told you both, I kind of dune crammed beforehand and I re-listened to the book and then I watched like the film from 1984 and this was all in the span of a week and then went to see the new film. So I was a little bit confused about what dune is to me or <laughs> what it is in general, just because like they all have very different vibes but i haven't had a we went to see it in imax i haven't had an experience like that in a long time where i was just absolutely mm -hmm. blown away and excited uh i believe the words i used in my review were turned on um because it was just like a, <laughs> it's just a big epic movie uh and in terms of the themes i you know, thought they were all really well done. And one thing I particularly liked or a vibe that I was getting, even though after listening to our homies at Dune Pod and their interview with uh, Denny Villeneuve, which was really cool to hear, like, even though it seems like a little contrary to like what Denny is saying in interviews, but just like the themes of uh, like colonialism and white saviorism and stuff like that. I was a little apprehensive going in because obviously in 2021, that's something we're handling very sensitively. And I was kind of happy to see that it was all just left in that world. And he wasn't trying to like make a big spectacle out of it. Uh, Cause I think that's sometimes things can get a little bit like convoluted and just seem a little bit like surface level and like, mm on um what's the word like in disingenuine inauthentic exactly but i'm like it's space so it's just like what else what other stories do we tell about space like it's literally always about this kind of like turmoil and colonialism and war and all that stuff and i i'd be excited to see kind of stories that take on take on a little bit of a different pace with sci-fi going forward and i and i hope to see that i think that like with sense8 and like the wachowskis i think they're on the right path mm. actually but yeah no i i thought it was really good i had a good time um ian i disagree with you about jason momoa i'm just gonna put you on the hot seat right away um <laughs> let's so go <laughs> Okay, so we'll go to my thoughts and we'll save. I'm sure Catcher has like essays prepared. So, we'll, we'll close the show on this. so I, I saw it. This was my second time seeing it. Um, I saw it a couple of weeks ago and then I saw it in IMAX. So first thing, the IMAX experience was like much better yeah. than yeah. the standard. I think if I had seen the standard again, I actually think my like rating for it would have dropped. Um, but seeing it in IMAX, I was like, holy shit, this is like insane to mm -hmm. see. Um, <clears throat> because I think a lot of the flaws that I saw the first time still exist and like nothing really changed for me. Um, but just the visuals were so, and the, like the volume was so fucking crazy in IMAX. I like, couldn't, you know, take that down. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I thought it was really good. I mean, for me, the like set designs and the costumes and everything was like amazing. 
Um, I, I'm not a huge Hans Zimmer fan, but I think it's actually his best score. Like my favorite oh, score probably. Really? Um, I think it's because like, I hate the way he uses electric guitars. Yes. Like okay. I really, really hate it. It's really, really annoying. Um, and it works in this one. So that's cool. I guess <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why. Uh, I think Rebecca Ferguson was absolutely the standout. She was Mwah. like incredible. I, I was pretty hesitant about her because she was in that atrocity known as Dr. Sleep. Oh boy. Uh, but she what, what, has redeemed what, herself what? in this. I know. Dr. Sleep was oh, garbanzo. Okay. We'll talk about it another day, Ian. Yeah, This yeah. is not the time. Guys, we need to talk about Venom, so we can't just, we can't fight this whole <laughs> okay, <okay>. time. <laughs> and then, <laughs> Even though uh, I started it. <laughs> in the, on the Momoa comment, I just, I've been seeing like a lot of praise about like how Jason Momoa was so good, but it's mm-hmm. like, how is he doing anything other than what he does he does a great job as duncan idaho and he he is yeah. great as like that like friendly bro guy mm-hmm. so i don't really have an issue with jason momoa ever but like people mean like he really transformed like did he he did the exact same thing he does in all the movies i've ever seen him in wow which he does well so so it's fine um you I, don't think so well i'm kind of the opposite where i actually don't I would never regard Jason Momoa as being like a top tier actor. No, not at and all. I, no way. And I agree with you that like he does kind of get typecast to play similar roles over and over again. But I just felt like he brought such a light to this film. Like I, I think this like role kind of found him in a way because like was he doing anything particularly different or groundbreaking in terms of his his catalog no um but like he was just such like a, a beacon of light <laughs> and yeah, also just good, so hot but yeah um, if he wasn't in it it would have been just like a grueling because like there's like almost no comedic relief and he's like kind of it in like kind of yeah, yeah. um that's so good. yeah i like as a that's a good call out yeah i agree uh yeah. and then my final note just because i've been called out on several podcasts <laughs> timmy is i like he's fine like i like like i don't i don't hate timothy chalamet i just think he's like in like he's a good actor but like i don't think he's going to be like the next leonardo dicaprio i don't like lose myself i don't lose timmy in roles he's playing like every time i see him in something i just see like timothy chalamet because yeah he's very good but it's like it's just him whereas like someone like leo i like forget who i'm watching because he's that good you know, and and I think he is like the weak point of Dune because I don't think he's a very good action star, which Agreed. is like that's the point of the book. But like, not everyone has read the book. Yes. So and also and also it's a movie, not the book. Yeah. Like, so, also, it's a movie and not the yeah. book. Um, because like the the end spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. The way the movie ends, it's like there's such amazing action for two hours, and then it just ends on this dud of a knife fight where it's like the core, like he can't do the choreography. <laughs> And like they have just amazing fighting for two hours, and then it's just like, oh, like he's like, I'm kind of a nerd, like with this knife. I don't know. It wasn't convincing. It was sloppy. You know, it was it was it just wasn't that cool compared to everything else. So I was a little disappointed at that. But anyway, those are my overall thoughts. Can- Sorry, can I just say one more thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, well maybe it's three more things. So agree with Ian <laughs> on, on Timothy Chalamet. Like he. He got he got the job done. I was fine with it. Like I yeah. wasn't cringing or like pissed. No. But I also I wasn't was mad just, either. Yeah. Just yeah. Fun. I was also just like, this is fine. Everything else that was going on kind of carries it. Uh hard agree about uh Rebecca Ferguson. 
amazing mm. and generally just loved Jessica as a character. She was so good. Yeah. So good because especially with um, like narratives kind of going around today, it's like, yeah, we want to see strong women um, doing boss bitch things, which and it's like they never have time to flinch or anything because now it's they're kind of being held to the standard of like having to kind of I don't know, like given to toxic masculinity right, in the right. same way that like men can't do that. So I was so excited to, to see Jessica's character because she was just like so distraught and just went through so many emotions throughout the film that were just so real to what was going on, but then also did like boss up when needed be, but was like took time to consider the situation and just like broke out crying if if she needed to because i'm like yeah i may be a strong woman but i cry all the fucking time and Mm -hmm. if your like empire is being overthrown and you're like the love of your life is being killed and your son is on this like weird trajectory it's like yeah that's (laughs) not chill that's not chill um and then my third thing was like the harkonnen storyline was fucking great like the imagery the acting the portrayal like i just loved it so much i felt so uneasy and so unnerved but it was just like given in like sound bites sound bites like those every harkonnen scene was like two seconds and even though i like felt that it was like fully realized and like denny had thought it through like you know a hundred percent which I think is successful to be only showing them for like so little. I just wanted so much more. Like they were just, it was yeah, just I, so good. <laughs> just really quickly. Like I really like in the books, the Harkonnen stuff. I really like Peter or Piter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I've never heard the audiobooks. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, David Desmalikin. Mm, he plays yeah. him. He's like in it very briefly in the movie, but he's a very cool character in the book. So I would have loved like if there's a, for the inevitable extended cut that comes out, I hope there's a lot more Harkonnen <laughs> stuff in there as well. Agreed. Yeah. But yeah. All right, catcher. Okay. All you, baby. All right. All um, you. So, like I said, I saw Lawrence of Arabia, and I think that helped a lot in terms of preparing me for the structure of the movie. Because I think the one, the most lacking thing that the movie has, I'm just going to start off with some negatives, is... Mm it doesn't feel complete. Like it feels Mm -hmm. Timothy Chalamet. I'm with Ian on this and boom. Um, I'm actually a fan of him, like his previous stuff, like a big, big fan of little women. Um, he's amazing. in that. And, uh, uh, call me by your name. Excellent. And this, there are moments where he like just living on earth, Timothy Chalamet, comes out in a smirk or a look that Mm -hmm. completely destroys the absurd world building that is happening everywhere else in this movie. Um, And I think it's so jarring because you do feel so transported in this film to a new world that Mm -hmm. to have this guy, this like guy who should be on the cover of teen beat smirk at you just (laughs) all of a sudden you're like, wait, what the hell is going on? Um, And I think, the thing that also lacks a little bit is I think for the film to work, you need an arc. And I think the idea of this film is the arc is him live, like gaining the acceptance of like what he's to do and sort of grow up 
And they, there are moments where he's being kiddish, but the transition from where he is at the beginning to where he is at the end never feels legitimate or mm-hmm. it never feels like enough. I don't want to say it doesn't feel legitimate. There's just not enough moment like shift from. Yeah, because people people are like, oh, he's like he's great at playing like the whiny kid. I'm like, is he whiny? That, he's I, like he seems to be like pretty chill of moving to this like shit world yeah. after having this like amazing life he's having and like being transferred. And when he's there, he's even being helpful to everyone. Like. Yeah. He doesn't seem one. He seems pretty like confident in what he's doing and like is aware of his place as like the heir to, you know, the Artrades throne or whatever. Yeah, not just that, but like the, I think the only real childish thing you get is like in the opening scene with his mom when he's like, oh, mom, I just woke up. And then <laughs> when they land, they land on Arrakis, I think. And he runs up to that. Uh, I, don't care, I don't know what, what he is. He's like a mentat, the guy who does the calculations with his eyes. Yeah, and yeah, he's yeah. just he runs up to him and like they're supposed to be walking formally and he's like oh hey buddy you know and then that's it those are the two scenes where he's acting the most like a child um mm-hmm. that being said the rest of the movie is a f- masterpiece in in yeah. filmmaking like where cg starts where it ends where what is real what is not none of it matters it all feels mm-hmm so real it all feels Absolutely. so lived in it all feels so tactile um yeah so well considered the score i'm not as big a fan of um i think i mean i've only seen it once so i may feel differently i find that the coraling in the set in the score is at times too much um it's sometimes like there i'm like what why why are you what are you doing right now like why are there voices let's just let's just have a moment that either i mean the ship design like the scale of things the scope of things like that's the thing i was talking to someone and i i um i said they're like oh how was it i was like it was it's less uh what was the word like oppressive than blade runner Mm. 2049 was but For sure. much more large in scope. You really do feel like the chess moves and machinations of what's happening politically with the Har- Har- Harkonnens, like you mentioned, Boom. Like those, There are not many scenes, but they are very powerful and very good at sort of setting up the, the line, like, when is a gift not a gift? Like, that's, all, that's four or five words, and it mm. resonates, you know, yeah. through so much of it. Um, the acting... Uh, Jessica, Jessica Ferguson, right? That's her name. Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. Amazing. Oscar Isaac, to me, steals the show on this. Mm. He's mm. quiet, like, but powerful. He's saying the right things. He rec- he He's portraying a level of, like, uncertainty, but confidence in, like, knowing what needs to get done. The way he portrays that, like... He sort of knows trouble is afoot, but he also can't not take this opportunity, you know, and goes into it headstrong mm. and just with, in such grace. And he's so good with Timmy in terms of like mm. portraying that sort of fatherly figure. Um, what's uh, J- James Brolin? James Brolin? Josh, Josh Brolin? Josh Brolin, Josh Brolin yeah. is the like a miss to me. Oh, he's interesting in like one scene. And then basically disappears off the face of the earth. And he never doesn't feel like Josh Brolin. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I walked out and I had, I couldn't say anything. I didn't know how to feel like I was just like, 
oh, I'm here in Toronto now. Like I'd just been somewhere yeah. else for three, two and a half hours. Um, and I went home and I turned on like the HBO Max version just to see. Sure. And it was it was like wanting the Power Ranger toy for Christmas and then getting like the dollar store knockoff version instead. Like <laughs> it just feels so like not having the IMAX just takes it all the way. Every scene yeah. just feels less powerful. Now, you know, granted, I have to go see it again. I will probably see it in IMAX. So I'll have a bad comparison, but I wish I had a Dolby theater in Toronto because the one thing I think that would really benefit this movie is hot. Like, obviously it's IMAX. It has great sound. I would just like to see it in the most optimal sound situation ever. Cause I feel like the sound in this movie is just off the charts, off the charts. Yeah. It's really yeah. cool. The sound design, everything. about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but again, it's only part one. And I really feel yeah. like this movie is going to make the second movie is really going to make or break this for me. Like in Lawrence of Arabia, like if you want, if you've ever seen it, this movie felt like watching up to the intermission and then not coming back after. And like <laughs> what happens before the first intermission of Lawrence of Arabia is epic and amazing yeah. and incredible. But if you don't go back in, it feels, I imagine it can feel a little hollow. And I feel like that's mm. what happens here is everything is really great, but we need that other half is going to what dictates whether or not it, it lands and it makes sense and it feels good and it's an honest story or if it's a dud. And we won't know that mm. until A, they get greenlit and B, they make it. So we probably have two or three years before we will even know. But from right now, man, this was a spectacle unlike anything I've ever seen probably except for like mm. 2001 or something like that. That That's an interesting point you make about how like a lot of movies that have a bad sequel, you can just kind of write it off. Cause you're like, well, the original was like really, really fucking good. Mm -hmm. So like the original is really the one that I care about, but it's interesting how this is like, this is literally the first half. Yeah. So like it is heavily, it is really reliant on like the, the, the final part, which I think is, is interesting. Yeah. Um. Because yeah. I, like, I don't want to live in the version of the universe that doesn't get it too. Like, it <laughs> it just feels wrong. Like, it just feels wrong. Like, especially just talking to him. Like, the idea that this guy can only get half his dream made just feels wrong. Like, and I'm taking it. Yeah. Per and I'm taking it personally now. It's gonna so, happen. I'm fairly confident it's gonna happen. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, nice. Yeah. Well, that was Dune. I can't wait for people who listen just to pull out the parts that we complained about and uh, ignore all the praise that we said. Uh, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. <coughs> Sophie. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get into it. I mean, we went. We we just talked about potentially. Uh, one of the cinematic sci-fi masterpieces of our generation. So let's just jump to another, and that is Mwah. 2018's Venom. All right? Uh, for those who don't know, Venom uh, is based off a comic book um, with the lead character of Eddie Brock. Eddie Brock uh, is played by Tem Tom Hardy uh, in this film, and he's a reporter and he's in San Francisco getting in the nitty-gritty, investigating some sort of sketch uh, life health insurance science biotech company led by Riz Ahmed. Mm -hmm. um, he finds out... Uh, how do I even say this? He basically... <laughs> he gets to... 
he because he doesn't even get it that way. This is a bad description. Excuse me. It's not <clears throat> your fault, Ian. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Excuse you. Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock. He is a reporter. He gets too close uh, in investigating like a kind of sketch biotech company led by Riz Ahmed. Um, a couple months later, he gets bonded to an alien symbiote uh, known as Venom that takes over his body, mm. controls his mind. <laughs> we later find out that uh, Riz Ahmed's life science company, whatever it's called, brought this symbiote down to Earth uh, for some reason. I'm not really sure. Maybe we can discuss that. For sci- for just science in general. Um, <laughs> and some stuff ensues. That is Venom. Proto, eat your heart out, baby. <laughs> I would love a proto um, descriptor uh, or like a proto synopsis of Venom. Can we do I that? Will, proto, I will pay you. <laughs> Please. Um, all right. So let's let's do this. Let's get into our time machines. Uh, and we're going to go back to April 1988 when Venom makes his first vague appearance in the Amazing Spider-Man comic book series. This is number 299. And then he makes a full appearance in the next issue, 300. Venom was created by David... Michelini, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get murked by by this, by some friends, but and drawn by Todd McFarlane and quickly becomes one of the most beloved villains in the Spider-Man canon. Fast forward to 1998 when Hollywood releases its first film based on a Marvel comic, unless you want to count Howard the Duck in 1986. Up to you, uh, but. Some of us will say that the first one was Blade, which uh, sees massive success. Uh, Shortly after, we get X-Men, and in 2002, this kicks off the Oscar-winning Spider-Man series starring Tobey Maguire and directed by Sam Raimi, who did all three uh, of the first Spider-Mans. In 2007, Spider-Man 3 is released and Venom makes his film debut as the symbiote fallen from another planet and bonded to Peter Parker's photography rival, Eddie Brock, brought to life by the outstanding Topher Grace. Um, (laughs) Anyways, ideas for a standalone Venom film have been in the works and shopped around since 1997. But as we all know, uh, later on, shit got real messy with Sony and the MCU. Uh, So this idea gets scrapped. But through the years, uh, plans for Venom are getting reworked and reconsidered pretty much constantly, like throughout all of like throughout the first Spider-Man franchise, throughout like the amazing Spider-Man and onward. Uh, Finally, in 2016, Sony and the MCU start to figure out, like figure their shit out. And we're all like, okay, thank you, because it's like, why are there a million Spider-Mans? Anyways, uh, Venom <laughs> uh, Venom gets the official green light, uh, and the script is developed by Jeff Pinkner and Scott Rosenberg, who used the widely popular Planet of the Symbiote story arc, which ran for five issues in the Amazing Spider-Man comics in the 90s. In this story, Venom was outcast by his own race after deciding to commit to his host, 
rather than drain the host of its adrenaline, which is like symbiote nature. Uh, Venom was later imprisoned by on his own planet uh, so he wouldn't pollute the gene pool. How interesting. Uh, so obviously the plot <laughs> is... So obviously the plot is a little different, uh, but they use this as a jumping off point um, for how the most beautiful and romantic union in cinema, which is Eddie and Venom, came to be. (laughs) (laughs) Venom is finally released in 2018 to massive critical disregard, but sees great box office (laughs) success. Venom 2 recently came out... um, to more box office success and is currently holding off Mm. Dune in South Korea Mm. (laughs) after Dune's release this past weekend. So basically Venom had a bigger opening weekend than Dune. Let let everyone sink. sink in. (laughs) Yeah. And South Korea knows how to party. This is, this is the takeaway (laughs) anyways. um, So yeah, we first, so when we first spoke about Armageddon, we recognized it's not like the most acclaimed movie despite its massive success. And I think Venom is a similar story. So I think we'll start with Catcher, because I feel like he was not achieving symbiosis and joining us (laughs) on the dark side (laughs) with this one. Um, But yeah, because I don't know, we talk about movies that are highly regarded, you know, by the criterion, which is like its own realm of classification. But we really talk about blockbusters and why something like venom is appealing even though it's objectively a hot mess so to catch her despite how you feel or don't feel about this movie what do you think is like the biggest contributing factor of its of its success like where's the draw i uh, Mm. I'm gonna okay, make you, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you say something nice about it before we get again. <laughs> that's that's a great question because I, I was watching it uh, yesterday and today, and I was I try when we're on the sh- on, on the show to like go into every movie being like I want to like it, and mm-hmm. and that's the case for all movies. Like I never walk into a movie being like I'm gonna hate this. I always want to go in and say like this like I'm I want to try and accept it on its own terms. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. Um, what this movie does well and what I think the reason why it w- was loved was, one, it learned a lot from Deadpool in terms of how to do a sort of like anti-hero in a way that could be like accessible to a larger audience. Um, it's rated PG-13, so... You can just get more butts in seats, uh, younger butts in seats. And when you have a scary, cool looking monster that cracks jokes at you and you have like this like weird, like crazy performance from Tom Hardy, I can <laughs> get how people can just like sort of be enamored by it. Um, I think some of it's cruel. Like I do, I do <laughs> uh, like. I think they do the symbiote stuff. I think it looks amazing. Um, I saw people like ragging on the like the anim like the CG quality and like the fight scene with the with Shiver or whatever that guy's name is. Uh, Riot. Riot. I thought that shit was cool as hell. Um, when the two of them are fighting and like they start mixing into each other mm-hmm. and they're like 
that shit was awesome. What a great idea. I would have <laughs> never have thought of that. And I think it looks so cool. Um, but I mean, like, <laughs> that's, that's what I, okay. I won't say anything. that you, I'll answer your question. That's what I think was cool. I think it's like a fun. And like I said, it's like a sort of like a shittier Deadpool where it's mm-hmm. funny and violent and um, it's, doesn't make who are most most moviegoers like statistically i think are like dudes right like they're the highest money making like segment mm. this is a duty movie like this is a movie for like dudes you know and so <laughs> is it I, though because venom's been reclaimed as as an lgbtq icon i am has, i am has it really? i am yeah, is this like and a they bo- this really, is like a really lean into that in in the second film, which which I saw recently. Oh. Okay, I am I'm open to hear all about that. Um, yes, yeah, so I'll save the rest for later. Uh, <laughs> a beautiful, good job, catcher. Way to way to yeah. stick with yeah. it. So when Boom initially picked this, I was like, "This is this is really like out there," <laughs> and while it still is. As I was watching it, I was like, this actually makes a lot of sense for Armageddon, like relative to discussing Armageddon because, and I've, I've come to this conclusion, Armageddon came out like after a bunch of like serious sort of disaster movies and like action mm. movies of the 90s. Like at the time, that genre, like action hero genre or action movie, disaster movie genre was all like pretty much based in reality or for, or for the most part, like pretty pretty standard uh and in comes michael bay being like fuck that like if the world's gonna blow up from an asteroid like i'm just gonna make it the most over the top movie possible (laughs) so for the past so flash forward to now or 2018 whatever for the past like 10 years all we've been seeing are these like super serious superhero movies like every movie in the mc like most movies in the mcu are like incredibly serious. Even like Guardians of the Galaxy, which is like the quote unquote like fun, fun one, are still like pretty heavy themes about like abandonment and all that sort of stuff. Right? <laughs> and, they all, and they take themselves seriously. They take themselves very yeah. seriously, right? All of them, even the silly ones, like even, you know, they take themselves very seriously. You can seriously be funny and still like take yourself seriously. Like the, they right. find themselves like self important kind of idea. Yes. Right. And so, yes, Venom uh, technically is an MCU. Like, sure, okay, we've, we've, we've established yeah. that. Uh, <laughs> But, like, Venom is sort of, like, the antithesis, like, to the, the superhero genre where, like, it's not taking itself seriously. Because even Deadpool takes itself, like, a little seriously. Like, they know what they're doing, right? Um, uh, and, like, De- and Venom is just sort of, like, this thing that kind of takes all these expectations of what people want in a superhero movie and just, like, throws them out. And it's like, okay, we're going to do, do it our way. Yeah. And, like, whether it works or not, Maybe sometimes, sure. Always, <laughs> a lot of times every, it doesn't. It's <laughs> every time, uh, but it works. You know, I I think it's cool. So I think that was like a, a, a comparison I could make between there. Um, overall, it was like obviously it's like a. I think it's a pretty silly movie, um, mostly because I really do not like like Tom Hardy. Mm. I think Tom Hardy is like the most overrated actor <laughs> currently. Boom is like just shutting her eyes right now, like tuning me out. <laughs> No, I actually kind of agree. So credit to his agent, because Tom Hardy is always in good movies. Not always. Most of the time in very good movies. And he gets distracted as being like, Tom Hardy must be a good actor. But he is never the best part of any movie he's in. 
Yeah. Like all the movies I like Inception, he's definitely not the best part. Mad Max, not his movie. Uh, uh, Dunkirk, not his movie. Like he just is in, he makes good selections of what movies to be a part of, but he's never the best part. So I think people get confused that like he's like actually a good actor. Because I've seen I've seen this movie called Legend that he's in where he plays twin gangsters. Oh in, yeah, in mm-hmm, the Cray. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the Cray. The brothers. worst one. Some of the worst acting I've ever seen in my oh. life. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember that movie being that bad. Uh, and you know, I, watching this too, I'm sort of like, maybe like in a couple years I'll think differently because I think Tom Hardy like is on his way to being like this gender, like Gen X's Nick Cage. Oh my god. Like, mm-hmm. He's progressively making like kind of crazier and crazier decisions. Mm-hmm. And like maybe in 20 years, Legend is gonna be sort of like Nick Cageified and be like, this is actually part of the Tom Hardy canon mm. of like insane shit he did before he got really crazy. Um, so I think that's gonna be an interesting thing to to think about in the future. Yeah. But those are my overall thoughts. Tom Hardy's trajectory. <laughs> uh for 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 people who don't follow Boom on Letterboxd, Boom has rated this movie three times. And I think all three have been five star perfect. So please. That's not fully true, actually. Indulge. Not just indulge. Please enlighten us. What are we <laughs> what first, are we missing? The first time I watched this film, actually, I think I rated it like two and a half stars, but was still absolutely thrilled by it. And then <laughs> went in for another viewing and was just like this is the most fun I've ever had in a movie. (laughs) It's just absolutely bonkers. And there's so much about it that I just absolutely love. Like, first of all, I think Venom is legit. And I think like the design, like the creature design there is amazing. Um, And I love all of the, the intensity then just kind of cut down by these ridiculous moments like eddie like when eddie and venom are in the forest and venom is talking about how he's like a loser on his planet and and just shit like that that i just think is absolute gold and I also gr- right before that you get you get sexy symbiote just oh, for a yeah. second right with you all get, that body audi audi mm, without a bod are you kidding me <laughs> anyway, yeah. venom's got a dump truck ass <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) And I agree with you, Ian. Like, I'm not the biggest Tom Hardy fan. I don't think he's, I do think he's also overrated. I think he is magnificent in this movie. Um, and, and does give like a cage level performance. And then just on that note, in terms of the acting, like you have Riz Ahmed who's basically sleepwalking through this performance, (laughs) but has more talent in his pinky finger than like all of Hollywood combined and still just absolutely sells it. Even Michelle Williams, you know, I, you can tell they're just having a good time. Jenny Slate. Why is she there? She's not Jenny even Slate is very random. It's a funny movie and she's not, she's the most serious she's character. She, it makes no not, sense. She's not a clue what movie she's in. Not a clue. Not <laughs> a clue. Just cashing, she's just cashing checks. Yeah, um, I, I, re- I, I also noticed the Riz Ahmed, Michelle Williams. Like these are two like prestige actors who yes. almost never do commercial movies. Like Michelle Williams, especially. Yeah. She is like always does small movies. 
So I'm like, good for you. Get paid. Yeah. Make that money. Make, you know, you know who you are. Get that bread. And then keep making whatever like indie movies you want to make. Of course. And she's still like quite good at it. Like I thought the chemistry between her and Tom Hardy and then like the weird (laughs) situation with Dan, which they also amp up in the second movie, which is great. I just and even like Venom's mannerisms and the way he speaks and how he's just like hungry for pancreas and just the one liners like i adore this movie so much <laughs> so much god god bless you it's 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 god weird because other than uh michelle williams and the riz ahmed things that you just said it's weird because I agree with everything he said, he said and yet it feels like we've also seen yeah. two separate movies. I mean, not but really. It's, it's the same. I don't know what exactly the draw is for me. Maybe it's just maybe yeah, it's so like it's, the outcast, like underdog hero story. Sure. But it's the, the same reason that like you love Gone in 60 Seconds and and Danny loves Gone in 60 Seconds. And I just like couldn't even give it the time of day like. These things are just so. Yeah, they're personal. I, they're like tied yeah. in. They're like, yes, I totally understand that. Yeah. Yes. Symbiosis isn't always achieved, you know? Well, yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's rejected, you know? Yeah. True. <laughs> True. Um, so I want to shout out some things about this movie. Uh, I'm sure everyone who's listening knows I'm from, I'm from San Francisco. Uh, right. And so whenever, like, whenever I watch a movie that takes place in San Francisco, I'm always like very cognizant of like, where they're going, does this make sense for like where they would be in the city? The answer of this movie is like mostly no. Uh, like lots of turns end up on streets, so like that would never happen. Um, the most accurate movie I've seen is like Vertigo. Actually, is is the Hitchcock is actually super accurate for anyone who cares. Um, it mostly the Venom mostly does take place in North Beach, but there are some things that don't make sense there. However, however, did Hyphy music ever make it up to? to canada did stupid you, dumb you, and hyphy baby okay okay so it did okay so uh it did so there's a scene where he's uh for those who don't know hyphy music is a, is a very popular like um subgenre uh, sub rap and hip-hop that originated in the bay area it was really big for like maybe six months like outside of the bay area and it's since like kind of dwindled back down to being kind of bay area exclusive and there's a scene where uh uh, Eddie Brock, Tom Hardy is like walking down the street and they are playing Keek the Sneak uh, <laughs> in the background, which I think is very cool because that's like a very Bay Area hyphy artist nice. um, that I think was cool. So I, I did note that. Uh, and then like on the complete opposite side of music, which I think was so bad uh, when he like his neighbor who like plays guitar, could they not have gotten a, like that? That literally whoever chose that sound for like the guitar they went to some stock music site, picked the first one, and just like bought it, and like they just, just like, put that's it into the movie. Two ninety nine. Like it sounded so bad, but you know, I don't know. what was supposed to drive uh, him nuts? Yeah, what guess, did you I think of true. the music otherwise, though? Because I actually think some of the needle drops were pretty cool. Like I was like, this is a pretty well soundtracked film, <laughs> minus yeah, the weird Eminem song at the end I, that I absolutely hate, but. Another another cash grab. Let him have it. If you if you're gonna let Michelle have it, you got to give it to M too. It's okay. Everyone's getting paid today. Uh, 
everyone is getting paid today. A lot of people got paid today because it was a very popular movie. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Catcher. So lots of head shaking mm-hmm. in Boom's mm-hmm. praise of the performances <laughs> in this movie mm-hmm. and of my burying of uh, Tom mm-hmm. Hardy. And, and I didn't say, I, I actually did think he was pretty good for this movie just because he seemed to have been doing exactly what he needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but Catcher, where do you disagree uh, with the performance? Okay, so one, I actually do not mind Tom Hardy most of the time. Mm. This performance, I don't understand it, really. Um, <laughs> some of the physical stuff I liked. Um, the scene when he goes in to interrupt the, the <laughs> yeah. lunch date. Brilliant. Very good. Very good. Like, I can't, I will give him that. Um <laughs> It's it's almost a better like pool dunk than Bruce Wayne in is it is that in Batman Begins I think I, I can't I, I think whatever so great he eats the lobster like he's looking for food and the shot opens with the lobsters in the tank and you know mm-hmm. it's like Chekhov's gun or whatever that thing is it's yeah. like you know by the end but how it goes down is great but most of the time it's just I'm getting like uh. Uh, my own private Idaho, like, uh, uh, on his face, <laughs> like, he looks drunk and mad and in pain, like, sort of, it's rotating in this weird, and I get that he's, like, got a symbiote inside him, but I just don't like looking at his face. Experience. I don't like looking at his face. Like, he's just making me <laughs> uncomfortable, and I get, I, maybe it's working. It's so veiny. He's supposed to be uncomfortable, but... <laughs> I can't look at it. And he's doing all this face and like his voice, like his act is like, uh, like American accent is bad. I don't, it's, it just never works for me. Um, Riz Ahmed. It's awful. It's bad. It's like, just don't have him be American. Right. Like exactly. Just, just have him be British, Irish. Like just have him be that. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bad. Cause like, I don't know if he has a lisp. Like usually I, I've never heard like, Maybe, I don't know. But, like, he just sounds like he had a lisp, like, trying to correct his accent. And it was so inconsistent the whole time. But what, it's awful. But it, I feel, but the thing, what's weird about it is, like, I'm watching him, like, everything he's doing feels like he's really, tr- like, he's going for a thing. Like, he's like, this right. isn't just me doing an accent. This is, I'm doing a, a thing. And I'm not seeing the thing. I'm just seeing him do the, like, like try and do, mm. like, I'm watching him act as opposed to watching a character. Um <laughs> Riz Ahmed, whatever. He's an incredible actor. He's we've talked about him a million times Mercy on the show. Shield your ears. Yeah. But what is hat? What is what? Is, who is this guy? Like, like what he's is this? Try- he's the villain. He's yeah. trying. His, I know he's, he's the those- villain because he keeps just saying things like a villain. Like he's just saying words that villains yeah, say. I, like, what is he doing? I. He's trying to. He thinks that he's gonna save like the world from its own humanity like one of those villains right, and right but he like how is the, what i'm curious about because he thinks the symbiotes are gonna make like humans stronger and makes live no sense to me long it makes sense no. because symbiotes <laughs> make you incredibly strong but then and, they kill you and then they kill you so that doesn't really work also yeah but it does it does work in turn because then Eddie you find the right host venom you find yeah. the right host and and venom if they're going by like the comic books is like actively making the choice not to kill eddie right right yeah 
And Venom's yeah. like, yo, I like it here. But then Riz Ahmed, he's <laughs> trying he's trying to he wants to basically like figure out how to do this. He's disregarding human life, mm-hmm. even though he's like, I care. Right. And right. he wants to like find like the perfect symbiosis and then go up to like space and survive on like the planet of the symbiotes and like probably take that over too. It's a clear cut plan. It's a clear cut plan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's just say yes. Just yes. And we'll move on. So because that's fair like that's what you said is true in that like all those words are said in the movie so that's fine (laughs) the thing that's kind of crazy to me though is the spaceship sequence so like at the beginning no 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 i'm fine with that okay at the end it's like oh at the end all of a sudden sudden it's like we're going to launch it's like wait you need to call p you can't just launch a spaceship also you just (laughs) crashed a spaceship so i don't think anyone's gonna let you launch the spaceship also you can just we flick just a switch. Watch a you film can just together you can just where an on, egg on. flies <laughs> through space, and you are gonna tell me <laughs> that you don't think a spaceship can launch from Earth on the fly? No, I don't. I I not an never egg <laughs> through space. <laughs> okay, fine. I take it all back. Um, okay, Michelle Williams. <laughs> Fine. Fine actress. I like her. Her character seems very confused. Like, very confused. In terms of, like, everything is fine until she, like, runs into Venom the first time. And then everything after that is very confusing. Like, she doesn't, like, she acts as though he doesn't exist. Like, he's just mentally ill. But it's like, you just watched him turn into a big monster. But you're just going to sort of put that aside. And then they go to that sequence in the MRI machine mm-hmm. with her boyfriend mm-hmm. and it's like she can't, he even says it out loud like why are we not talking about the weird space alien thing and she's like oh yeah i forgot as if that wouldn't be everything that you were thinking about like she's just totally clueless to what's happening around her and it's just like i why why though what's happening to you is crazy it's, it's like it's 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 a, it's a it's a result of like the trauma she is facing. I guess, she I guess. is exiting out of a traumatic in relationship in yeah. which her fiance, who she loved, abused her trust yeah. and and and, and love again. and faith in a relationship to like step ahead. Coping so she is still suffering. Yeah, she is suffering and coping with what she has gone through. So that that's okay. Thank you again. Yeah, I buy that. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, I buy it. Um, <laughs> So uh, on that, but, but hold on, like, hold on. But I do. I okay. just want to say a couple of nice things because I, which I may have already said. So maybe I won't retread water. But I like, yeah. Never mind. <laughs> so <laughs> so this movie cuts a lot of corners, and I think yes. it's for the better. Would you rather have the movie be a bit longer to sort of explain some things more and give no. people some space, or is the running the speed at which it moves? I think. I think benefits the movie because if they spent too much time trying to be like, have someone understand like what, what the symbiote is symbiote is and, <laughs> yeah. and how he's ever like two, 10 minutes of, of, of uh, Eddie Brock coming to terms like with this new life he has. I just would have liked been like, this is, this is too stupid. No. I think the fact that they just kind of ignore all these very obvious points that I think other movies would want to like, no, we need like a Marvel serious movie. They're like, no, we need to like dig in. It's like, why? <laughs> 
this is like right. hurting. Yes. And I and, and I just thought of this now. Maybe that's why the Spider-Man movie where he gets the black suit, he gets a symbiote, which is that Spider-Man 3 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. People make fun of that movie because he's like, oh, he's like so emotional or whatever. I haven't seen it in years, so I, I can't remember the details. But, you know, maybe if they just had been like, fuck it, this is kind of silly. This is an alien being coming, taking over some dude in San Francisco. Like, just like, let it ride. Let him like, ride. Just go for it, and they, and they and they do it. Venom's and I think it just works. looking for a ride at the end of the day. That's that's great. true. Venom is just looking for a ride. At the end of the day. <laughs> um, it's like it's like Armageddon, where it's like you just got to keep going. Like, don't stop yeah. too long. Don't think too long. Just keep mm-hmm. moving ahead. Just keep moving ahead, and we'll get to the end, and it'll be fine. And no one's gonna notice all the weird shit that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. But why does this? For me, not work, and Armageddon works. I I couldn't tell you other than I, you care about the character. And again, this is coming from someone that didn't connect. Boom, if you connected, then like obviously that's going to be a different story. But for me, it's like I'm not connecting with these characters on any level. And so all of the <laughs> drama and the stakes just like they're kind of like get pulled out from under you because it's like why – does Venom even decide to stay? Like, what is it about Eddie? Like, that they're both idiots, I get. Like, they're both losers. <laughs> and so, like, together, yeah. they don't, they're not losers anymore. I get that. Like, that's they the idea. They make each right? other better. But, but what? Yeah, I guess. It's a beautiful union. Because <laughs> Venom says ho- that on, on his planet, he's kind of a loser. And he's like, mm-hmm. I like it here. And him and Eddie, you know, catch a vibe, you know? Mm. When you achieve symbiosis with somebody, like that's not nothing. You gotta pay attention know, to the something. signs, okay? Yeah, mm, you, just... maybe you leave your planet for that person, you know. But mm. it's what that's you do true. for love, and that's what this is. Love. At the end of the day, it's a love story. This, so it's true. Yeah, I take it all back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there anything else before we go to our categories? Very healthy discussion, though, on Venom, mm-hmm. if I may say so. <laughs> well, what about, okay, okay, what about the, okay, okay, what about the action? What did you guys think? Like, yeah, it was, motorcycle it se- sequence? Yes or the no? The car chase scene wasn't that cool. Oh, yeah. I liked it because Tom Hardy was just so ridiculous, and there was, like, one part <laughs> when he's on the motorbike, we know he likes his motorbike, and then... Mm. He's like, it's a dead end. And the Venom's like, not for us. And not then like us. slingshots him off the thing. And Tom Hardy's face, he's like scared, but then like starts like nervous laughing. And then is like, this is awesome. I, I love that moment. It was, it was great. It was a good fun time. And I like when that, Ven- yeah, Venom's just like crushing shit. Venom and the, is and very the, good. He, he's very good. Like yeah. just the way that he sounds, his like tone, his vibe. I yeah. like him significantly is, more than Eddie Brock. Which is Tom Hardy, by the way. Like, I, I feel like... You, oh, it is? Like, I tried finding that. It, it is. is Tom Hardy. And then yeah, not so, only that, but he, like, would list... He would pre-record the lines as Venom, and he would be fed those lines into his ear while he was acting. So he was, like, mm-hmm. acting against his own voice, which is really great. I think it's cool. Maybe maybe I had Tom all wrong. Yeah. See? The whole See? time. Venom, uh, Tom Hardy's breakout into legitimacy. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. Uh, I thought the action was cool. I, I thought the Venom effects were cool. Yeah. Um, the finale thing I thought was like kind of funny. How like when they were fighting each other, I think the director director D- 
duly noted, it would be hard to tell who is Venom and who is Riot. So they had to like break their faces open every <laughs> once in a while. Right, yeah. Um, I thought that was kind of silly, but it was kind of funny. The car, yeah, the car chase season wasn't that cool, but the one where like they corner him in like the office, I thought was sweet. Yeah. Um, agreed. Yeah, it was like fine. with the I think flashbangs and like you get like it screaming off him and stuff was so cool. Yeah. Uh, also, he's a very clean eater because the way he cleans the guy who was like um, shaking down Mrs. Chen. Yes. No blood, no blood on the Nothing floor. Just he ate gone. that guy in one bite. Good Nom-nom. job, Venom. She also is very good. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's very funny. You need to see Venom too, Mike. I know. I, I, I definitely need to see it. I haven't yeah, seen it. I feel you, like okay, I'm gonna like that to more. Every like everything that you've been saying that you like about the first one, and I actually like the second one better. Um, oh, six stars if possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, Andy Circus directs like that. That to me was the most impressive. Like, okay, you got Andy Circus in here. Like, I feel like Mm. he's going to try and do something interesting. And I saw an interview Mm. and they're like, it's very like odd couple-y, the two of them together. Mm. And like that to me, I kept looking for that kind of idea in this movie and never felt like I got it. So I am excited to see that. Yeah, yeah. I think you I think you both would be quite would like the the second one quite a bit. So, Okay. okay. This is just I'm my campaign to, to keep <laughs> Venom 2 ahead of Dune. <laughs> I'm just it, it is still doing yeah. it. Oh, uh, man. All right. So let's let's get to our categories here. So uh, our criterion moments for Venom, for those who are just listening, this is we choose our scene or sequence in which we're like this. If this were to be added to the criterion, this scene is why I have mine ready to go. So I, I, I can go if go. someone so you don't you can take I'm mine pull, and I'll figure I'm it I'm gonna out. pull a catcher and I'm gonna do I'm gonna give a honorable mention. Yes, just because you. this isn't this isn't really like a scene, but when he when Eddie Brock first breaks out of the um like the lab as like the symbiote, he's being chased in these woods and the cops are like, Where'd he go? <laughs> and the camera <laughs> like pulls up the tree, which isn't that high no. uh pulls up the tree and <laughs> the worst acting i think i've ever seen in my life happens when tom hardy is hanging off the top of this tree i could not believe what i was seeing i was like this guy like is being paid to do this like <laughs> off so bad i just had to call it out i, I couldn't believe what i was seeing in that scene it was un- unbelievable anyway <clears throat> my real criterion moment is absolutely the scene when he gets home and from like running around as like with his symbiote and he just like, he's like eats hash browns uncooked <laughs> and then he eats like tater tots cereal, and chicken. tater tots. Yeah. Chicken just like, and then he goes and throws up in like an uncharacteristically like dirty, like bathroom. Like yeah. he has a nice apartment, like nice enough. And his bathroom looks like it's, it's, so a, it's, it's from some dive bar, you know, from down the street. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yes. Throws up in it. And then he wakes up. That is like when it when that's the moment where I was like, Tom Hardy is this generation's Nick Cage. Like this this is <laughs> like if Tom Hardy coming for if, me in. If, if if Nick Cage was doing that role, this movie would have been like a meme, meme like city. Like people would have been like, This is Nick Cage at his finest, but because it wasn't him, I think people didn't want to yeah. give it a sh- give it like that sort of like fun love to it. But that that moment, I was like, Tom Hardy needs to go on a different path and pursued these like 110% roles. 
because yeah. he is amazing at doing that. Um, Thank you, Ian. That is my moment. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like the fish, the the interrupting, <laughs> interrupting like lunch lobster scene. Like that's <laughs> like he's doing all the things I hate the most from the movie in this scene. But it's like, but I, I couldn't help. Like I'm eating it up the way he's just like falling over, eating this, grabbing that. <laughs> Like the whole thing, and like I said, the telegraphing with the lobsters as the scene opens is just like perfect. Um, and the way they both handle him in the place is very much how like I would handle. Like, yeah. Just trying to calm my friend. Like, like if that happened to me, <laughs> that I would be Dan in this situation. Like just trying to like sort it out, and I loved it. He's I mean, a doctor. He, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Exactly. I it's did like see, though, I, I did see a bunch patient. of stuff online about Dan being like, wow, way to create a character that's just like off type. Like you expect him to be such a douchebag and he's so nice as though this is like. Like some sort of Oscar winning supporting actor performance, <laughs> like like a, like a, what a brave choice that wow. these that the filmmakers made to make Dan likable. Justice I was like, for I was like, Dan, yeah, how dare like, oh. you? I was like, I like Dan too, but like, okay, let's come on. <laughs> I just oh thought was, that killed me. Like, I heard that shit. Oh, sorry. Continue. Go uh. ahead. Boom. What was your moment? Uh, well, just on that scene, I love the part when he shushes the waitress. <laughs> He's like, just like, no. <laughs> and it's just so outrageous. It's just, I love that scene so much. But I don't know. I guess my criteria moment is maybe when like Venom and Eddie formally meet for the first time. Like after he mm. gets fucked up by the police and then Venom eat somebody's head and then mm-hmm. they're in the water and then they're just like off they they get out of the water and they're just like having a cute combo for the first time and just getting to mm. know each other and venom looks fucking awesome yeah, in does, that moment yeah. like that's that was super cool i also love when uh the scene when he's like fighting the people who are coming from him for the first time and then they like he defeats everybody and he's like, this is cool. And then Venom's just like, now let's eat them. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, pile of body, pile of heads. <laughs> it's just so great. Because <laughs> he's like, he's like, we just kicked these guys' asses and now you want to eat them? Like, are you kidding me? Oh, I love it. So, mm. so, 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 so much. So chaotic. So amazing. <laughs> okay, b- before we close it out, can I just get some quick insight on, like, the LGBT, mm. like, mm-hmm. uh, adoption? Without spoiling the second one, because I do want to watch the second after watching this. Yeah, so I guess Venom shortly after after its release kind of became a gay icon, which is awesome. And I think it's like the I I think a lot of it is probably to do with a Venom being like them being outcasts, like number one mm-hmm. um, and just like kind of finding ways to connect and fit in. But then also just there's so much random eroticism that's happening in this film that like you don't. <laughs> you just can't not see it like (laughs) venom's like unusually large tongue 
the way he he refers to Eddie as his ride, uh, the way he, or (laughs) and I I keep on saying Venom he he he, but like Venom is very obviously just like not bound to like Mm. the concept of gender as we see Mm -hmm. uh, throughout the film. So yeah, yeah, there is just. uh, That's true. I guess there's a few reasons. They pronouns as well, right? Like it's always they. Which is quite kind of interesting, actually. Yeah, and 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 Venom referring to like Eddie and him, or Eddie and Venom as we, like just stuff like mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Actually, that's cool. Nice, I love that. I didn't think about that. Love it. Um, so we we have wrapped up our exploration of Armageddon uh, for the Cinemas <laughs> comeback tour. Amazing. Um, we've been ending these movies aside from the Criterion pick of like how we think it relates. So. After watching Venom, um, boom, do you think it's it was a good pick to make relative to Armageddon? Yeah, I mean, I I think so. I, I'm going to have to back myself on this one. But it was fun <laughs> because, as I said to you, or I said to you both in our group chat, this has kind of turned, we started with Armageddon and then it kind of turned into like a series of films that we all love dearly, but are kind of have like a divisive uh, mm. reception, which I think is kind of cool and kind of fun mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to do. And we don't often do like huge blockbusters or anything like that. So it was kind of fun just to talk about like entertainment and like all its different forms and why we can enjoy something as heavy as like, my own private Idaho, but also just fucking go balls to the wall with like something like Venom or Armageddon. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the hero stuff, which is like obviously dialed down for Venom, I'd say like, it's not, I know it's an anti-hero story, but like the hero elements in Armageddon are just like absolutely huge. It's like average dad, oil driller saves the world and in this it's like another situation like average joe shore but it's just a smaller scale uh so yeah oh interesting okay can i respond then next because that just gave me some like an interesting idea like armageddon is like bruce willis is like the guy every man wants like wants to be like in that weird way you know he's just like got all the right things to say we'll do whatever it takes to get the job done we'll sacrifice everything it's like he's the thing you all want to be and venom is like the that 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 guy's kid like teenage Mm. kid venom is like the equivalent of that where where it's like it is this sort of like i i wish i could just have an alien attach itself to me and i could just do whatever i want like i just kept thinking that in my mind like well i kind of wish i was venom you know in that kind of way so like i think that's kind of interesting nice yeah um yeah and then for me i mean i i said this earlier i i think it actually does work because it's sort of like you know, it took the genre that is widely popular at the time and sort of just was like, fuck it. Like, I'm going to do what I want to do, mm-hmm. uh, which I appreciate. So, you know, I think it was definitely a fun watch. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad we got to make your heart sore. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Most this was so much fun. I'm like giggling. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get to our pick for next week's uh, for next month's exploration, Let's hold it over to our emails a bit. So we got one email, one voicemail Ooh. 
from dear friend uh, of the show, Marcy, and uh, confirmed oh. Riz Ahmed Stan. Here we yeah. go. Um, Marcy. So here we go. Hey, Senonauts. Good to have you all back. It's been a really fun month so far. I uh, just saw on IG that you guys are recording tonight, and I was like, holy crap, I have so much to say <laughs> um, about Venom. But really not. It's just a Riz. Uh, love, shout. I love you, Riz. I hope you hear this. Um, sorry you guys always get stuck uh, hearing me rant about him. But thank you, because you guys are the only podcast I know that's uh, actually covering Riz Ahmed movies. So and we'll I appreciate keep going. you guys. It's been a really fun month, but I think this episode about Venom is going to be bananas. And I'm so excited for it. Can't wait to see what's going on next month. And yeah, again... So happy to have you guys back and can't wait for this episode. All right. Love you. Bye. Thank Marcy, you, Marcy. Marcy. I hope we made you proud. I hope yeah. Riz here. I also hope Riz hears this. Yeah. I also yeah. hope Riz hears this. Call, Please go Riz back and listen to Sound of Metal. You'll yeah. enjoy our opinions about that much better, I imagine. Absolutely <laughs> not. I feel like Riz is a down to earth guy. Like he wants to know that people are. Yeah down for his performance in venom i don't think he does anything <laughs> just to do it like you know he was yeah. there because he friggin wanted to be there and he and he killed it okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> agreed um if you want to send us an email send it over to synodotspod at gmail.com or you can head over to our ig which is at synodots uh boom we kind of as marcy said we kind of sprung this a day earlier on people So was there any last minute tea with Boom that came in? Well, I did a quick kind of survey just to round up Armageddon month, I guess, if if we're calling it that. Uh, And I just asked everybody kind of what their favorite hero tale in film is. Um, So we got a few answers. Beck said Mm -hmm. Shrek. <laughs> classic then, hero story I guess. yeah and then messaged us to follow up and said this was halfway a joke and halfway serious and i love you guys but i mean i'd say that shrek is that guy it's like, a perfect hero's arc yeah 100 a hero's oh, yeah. journey yeah no question oh my god i just i keep on opening our story and it play, it's playing hero by mariah carey um <laughs> neil said rango Oh, mm, he is confirmed. I know he loves that movie. So yeah, good. I love that. Catcher movie swooped in just to double down on Gone in sixty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Comes out of retirement to save his brother. What more of a hero do you need? <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon as well, which mm. I actually have never seen, and I can't believe that. So I'm gonna watch it soon. Boat. I want to see what great. this hero stuff is about. It's a great, great movie. <laughs> so once again, if you want to send us an email or uh, shoot us a DM, synodotspod at gmail.com or at synodots. All right. So uh, we have just done our exploration of Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, and I would like people to know, because I feel, feel like I'm going to get heat for this behind the scenes or from from people i'm going to be making this month's selection <laughs> to be clear we as synonauts selected armageddon together as our comeback yes. episode together yeah this was not this is not some power play 
uh, uh, coming on my end, okay? No. And I, I, I need everyone to know that this is yeah. not me being tricky and picking two months in a row uh, <laughs> because I was cautious about that. But Boom and Catcher were quick to say, no, no, no. Yeah. That was a group decision. That's right. But let's, let's get this back on track. So my pick, and this is one of my favorite movies. Uh, it is a movie that I think was like high, that affected me highly the first time I saw it. Um, I think it's like a masterpiece top to bottom. Um, and it is uh, Richard Linklater's Dazed and Confused. Oh, oh, nice. Okay. Have either of you seen this movie? Like yes, so long, I was so like long obsessed ago. Obsessed with this movie when okay, I was younger. Cool. Yeah, so fucking obvi- shit. So obviously, like firmly a summer movie, right? It's like the most summer movie you could do. So I meant to pick it earlier, but I forgot, and then my baby was born, so that happens. <laughs> but it's been on the stuck of my head because I do want to talk about it. Um, love the movie, and I do think we can have. We, there's a wide selection of ways we could yeah. go. Yeah, for this cast like our, wide net for sure. Our cast, we can do like a different. You know, we could do a McConaughey movie, mm. or we could do a coming of age movie, or we could do Richard a Link Hang Link with Your Friends movie. Yeah. Richard Linklater. Like, there's a lot of things we could go. Um, so I think yes. this is going to be a fun one to do and to explore. So, uh, 1993's classic, Dazed and Confused. Nice. Yes. Our wow. exploration. Over I'm the next so excited. Of weeks. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. yeah. This was a great episode. This was a great time. The energy was good. <laughs> the energy was very really good. Uh, and Boom has successfully sold me on watching Venom 2. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which had a higher weekend opening than Doom. Um, but that's neither. <laughs> We're being such trolls, and I love I it. I know, because I did love Dune. It was like amazing. And so did so I. Yeah. 100%. It's just fun to razz people, you know? That's it. It's just fun razz them. Give them the old razzle dazzle. Exactly. Uh, right. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Boom, catcher. A pleasure as always. So long. Everyone else, the pleasure is we'll all talk mine. to you soon.